This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Drive. Good morning with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us today. Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app for that. It's presented by Happy State Bank. Visual Edge IT hotline is open too at 806-771-0973. Monday Night Football last night, the uh, Eagles take down Kansas City as uh, the Chiefs held scoreless in the second half. That that I think to me is uh, speaks you know volumes maybe about uh, the Eagles. I mean they're they're the best team in football right now. Chiefs may be uh, the best in the AFC, but uh, the Eagles uh, coming from ten down hold them scoreless in the second half and uh, go to nine and one on the season. Of course, uh, Cowboys will be having to to, to deal with uh, with Philadelphia there in the in the NFC East. But uh, credit Jalen Hurts last night. He had a couple of scores. Had a big touchdown. Uh, it wasn't a th- had a big throw that led to a touchdown, and um, the Chiefs had a, a red zone interception by Mahomes, and then Travis Kelsey had a, a red zone uh, fumble uh, that that led to uh, uh, empty possessions. And you know what do we what do we know about turnovers? You can't commit turnovers and expect to win uh, football games, and and that's what took place uh, last night. Hertz was fourteen of twenty two. A pedestrian 150 had an interception, but uh, DeAndre Swift 12 carries 76 yards, and then Hertz ran for 29 yards, but he ran for a couple of touchdowns. What do you what do you think about the tush push? Is that do you think that should be eliminated, or is that just a good team figuring out something that's really good for them that works for them? I don't have a problem with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's some, there's They're not the only, the only team that's using guys no, to no, no, put. No, I mean, no, you'll no, see no, a guy, no. a running back, get through the yeah, line and yeah. get stopped after two or three yards, and then yeah. others start jumping in there. So I, I have no problem with it. I I, I don't either. Um, you know, uh, there, there's 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 some people that that uh, that do, but I, I I mean, if you if that's if that's what you can do, then then go for it. Uh, big drop in the ball game by Marquez Valdez Scantling at the at the end. Um, I mean, it was it was it was right there. I mean, he was running hard, and you know it's raining and all that kind of stuff. But he probably should have probably should have made the catch. Um, Kelsey also had a big had a big drop. Chiefs had six drops. Their receivers just have not been very good this year. They've got twenty six drops, uh, which leads uh, the NFL. And so that's uh, you, you can't you can't do that and uh, expect to uh, expect to win football games. But Mahomes twenty four forty three. 177 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and then uh, had the interception. He was sacked just once, uh, but was uh, was under duress and under pressure uh, throughout the evening. And uh, so uh, that was uh, your Monday night football uh, from last night, 21 to 17. She took a 17-7 lead right before halftime on a field goal, and then did not score again. Uh, had a bunch of punts, and then, like I said, had the big uh, big fumble by uh, by Kelsey when it looked like they were getting ready to score. And uh, and you know take a lead and not that that was going to be enough to, for them to win the game but it would have uh, would have made it a little bit more difficult uh, for the Eagles so Cowboys what, so, go ahead what I want to know mm-hmm. is who came up with the strategy of trying to catch the clock the clock play the defensive lineman slid underneath the center when Pat was going to clock the uh, clock the ball 
Oh, <laughs> tried to intercept. He it. tried to intercept. Like yeah. I wanted, who thought of that, and like ran it through and practiced. That's who I want to talk to because mm-hmm. that dude who or or girl could have been a girl. I I don't know. Whoever, who's ever original idea that is, that's mm. the most original idea in sports I've seen in forever. Of <laughs> trying to catch the clock play. Was that in the Was that in the first half? Yeah. Okay, I, I did not see that play. Slid that, under the center to uh, uh, you know you know the clock. Uh-huh. It, he slid under the center, had his hands out, and almost caught it. Wow. That's an interception at that point. Sure it is. That's turnover when they're trying to clock it. Sure. That's fantastic. That's pretty creative. I want to know who thought of that. I, I want their name. Was that I want a their chief address, or an and I eagle? Want to send them a thank you card because that was awesome. Was that a chief or an eagle? That, that did was an eagle that almost did it. Almost did it. Okay. Wow. No, I, that that is. I mean, that's that's a defensive coordinator or defensive line coach, somebody that's like you said, thinking outside the box there. But you know what? Other teams will try that now. I bet every team is putting that in the playbook right now. Every it, single one of them. Is. If if somebody hasn't thought of that already. And then and then that'll then that'll happen and then somebody will figure out go okay I got to do a better job of clocking of clocking the football. Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's 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 pretty that's pretty cool. That's a that's a that's a pretty cool. Well, there's only only so much you can do with mm-hmm. if you move too much when you're clocking it, mm-hmm. then it's intentional grounding. Yeah. Like the 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 rules are so defined for what you can do in that situation because it's we acknowledge that you're trying to stop the the clock. Right. You get what you're doing. It's not intentional grounding, but if you do a whole lot outside of that realm, it becomes intentional grounding, and you lose the down. Yeah, and I always when when that's when those end of halves are going like that, you always I always think about um, or or even the clocking of the football where it looks like that, the the, the quarterback standing up and then and then throwing it. There's always it always seems like that that might might be a little bit there. Didn't Marino do he that? Did. And he then did. like a year later, they said that that would be a penalty. Now. I don't know if it's a penalty or not, but but Dan Marino did do that. I don't think you can fake the clock. You don't think you can fake the clock? I don't think you can okay. fake the clock. Right. I'll look that up. Okay. Yeah, the Red Raiders got hit with that in a game against Texas. Um, I think it was uh, I think it was Potts that got called for it, if, I, if memory serves me correctly. Called for a penalty? Yeah, because they they basically, Leach had him fake the, the, the clocking and then mm-hmm. tried to throw the football. Okay. Uh, they used uh, they used a Mike Leach play in the game on uh, on Saturday. Um, they split out the uh, the linemen, and Garrett Luff sent me a text during the game. He goes, "Ask Coach McGuire after the game if." And this was prior to the second touchdown uh, for Tech. Prior to the yeah, prior to the second touchdown, they had split the 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 linemen wide. And uh, and Garrett thought he was he he said I didn't really see the official make a, a first down signal. He goes ask McGuire if they thought it was third and short as opposed to first down. And so I asked him that, and he said, "No, I guess we just used one of Coach Leach's ninja plays, and um, they defended it really well because they, they, it was a running play, and they ended up getting like short yardage on it." I sure it wasn't a wide receiver screen. It looked like they were trying to get the bigs out there to uh, help block on maybe, one of maybe, those slip maybe it was. slip screens. Yeah, maybe maybe it was. Yeah, he yeah. He, he called it a he called it one of Coach Leach's ninja plays. He goes, we mm-hmm. we've used that before, and uh, they just they defended it well. So it may it may have been I I didn't I didn't yeah. see what he was talking about, but I yeah I think it was a wide receiver screen. Okay, okay, but anyway, it didn't that particular time it didn't work. Mm-hmm. 
But anyway, they, yeah. they, they tried it, if you if you recall that play. Uh, Red Raiders will Pretty play. much every particular time that we've run a wide receiver screen this year, it hasn't worked. <laughs> yes, for whatever, for whatever reason, right? I think the biggest reason is because you don't have physical wide receivers. I wonder if that'll be, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. I mean, uh, a, a recruiting initiative, um, or if that's, maybe that's where they feel like that uh, Micah Hudson can, can be a difference. Although, I mean, how much, how much of a difference can he make as a freshman? Oh, I think a big one. Okay. I think a big one. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think that's the thing when you go looking for wide receivers and you're recruiting wide receivers, I don't think it's the top of your list. Uh, does this guy block well, mm-hmm. but you sure do appreciate when they can. Well, it's not even so much uh blocking. It's um, can they, can they get off the line and create well, If space? you can't get off the line of scrimmage, you're not a good wide receiver. Well, but I mean, so that's been part of the challenge this year, hasn't it? Yep. Yep. I mean, it's been part of the it's been part of the problem. I mean, <laughs> Do you see Jared Bradley having great numbers this no, year? No, no. Yeah. And, and I mean, the book is out on how to yeah, stop him. Yeah, and so just jam him at the line of scrimmage. Did I did I guess I guess we all missed on that, you know, because at the start of the year, you certainly thought. That, that that was going to be a position of strength well, for you. Well, clearly teams weren't doing that last year when he was putting up big numbers and he yeah. was a big factor. Yeah. Yeah, he's got he's definitely got to bulk up in the offseason. Yeah, try to try to figure it out, see what you can do. 6.25 uh, this morning here on the Morning Drive on Lubbock Sports Station. We'll get some comments from Coach Joey McGuire as we go through the morning here on uh, Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hi, good morning with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Uh, You might have heard this in Jeff Sports Center. The uh, 2024 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot is out, and uh, among the first-timers is Adrian Beltre on the list. He's, He's a lock, right? Yeah, oh yeah. He's locked. Yeah, offensively, defensively, great dude. Everybody loved him. I mean, you get to three thousand hits. That's that's automatic, right? Biggio had to wait. He had to wait five years. Okay. He had three thousand hits. Do you do you think Beltre has to wait? If he does, Major League Baseball needs to take the votes away from the writers again. <laughs> okay. I mean. It's a no-brainer. I, it's a no-brainer, but, I mean, baseball writers are interesting. Drunken sports writers. I was waiting for that. I was, that was, that actually, was almost no. going to go three, two, one. I, I take that back. They're not drunken because drunken people like to have a good time. These people don't like to have a good time. They're teetotalers. That's who these people are. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> blanking idiots. Um, mm. Anybody else on this list that um, is eventually going to get in? I'll, I'll read you the, the first-timers. Bartolo Colon, James Shields. Joe Maurer, Victor Martinez, Chase Utley, Jose Reyes, Matt Holliday, um, Adrian Gonzalez, Brandon Phillips, David Wright, Jose Bautista. Um, man, there are two names there. Chase Utley? Uh, I think he's a possibility with somebody before that you mentioned. Uh, Joe Maurer? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I believe Maurer gets in. Eventually, I think Maurer could get in on this one. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He was yeah. a really good player for a really, really long time. MVP, yeah. three-time batting champion, ten years as a catcher, then went to first base for five years. He was just thirty-five when he retired. 
Yeah, I think Beltray, Mauer, Utley, definitely all could get in. Okay. Um, and will eventually, whether it's first time or not. Well, that's it. Okay. Uh, and no, no chance for Bartolo Colon, right? No. <laughs> okay. You got a case for him? <laughs> no, no. I mean, we're just that he's fat. I just, you know. So that made it fun? I don't know. Yeah. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Awesome. <laughs> and he's different. Uh, well, but he also got, has some steroid stink on him. There's so. just so yeah right. There's just so many. There's just so yeah. many challenges there with with Bartolo Colon. He's still playing in a Mexican league somewhere. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. He's like he's like George Foreman, who just continued to fight. You know, well well beyond his capacity. You know, but you know he had to he, had to, he couldn't sell enough of the the George Foreman grills because yeah. he had so many kids named George that you know he had to figure out a way to to fund them all. 5'11", 285. That's impressive. Um, looking at his numbers. I'm That's the Bartolo Colon numbers, yeah. Yeah, those those were different kind of numbers. Uh, <laughs> who? Uh, well, I, sh- I shouldn't ask you who else because I don't have the full list in front of me. Um, in terms of who we'll get, we'll get to that as we get closer to uh, closer to the vote, which will take place and the announcement will take yeah. place after the first of the year. Two hundred and forty-seven wins in his career. Bartolo Colon? Yeah, 247 and 188. Career ERA of 4.12. <laughs> that doesn't sound Hall of Fame to me. No. No. The 4.12. But no. No. He, at times, he was a good pitcher, no doubt. Um, but like you guys already touched on, there's steroid stink there. Mm-hmm. There's a big suspension. And uh, I just don't think that's going to happen. I mean, if you're going to put a, a Hall of Fame guy in there, um, then you, you know, in terms of a steroid guy in there, there's there's going to be other guys that go in uh, bef- way, but way before way before him. Well, there already are. Yeah, yeah, that's true. In- including the uh, the guy that was overseeing the whole thing. Right. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. If uh, that's when they lost credibility. Yeah, but see, like when he gets in, you know, uh, then, I was on their side until that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm with you. That's it's, uh, it. You know, once once they once they put him in, then then the others should go follow because he he allowed all he allowed all that to uh, to happen. All right, so here's some guys. So you got Beltre that's going to go in. You probably have uh, Andrew Jones is probably going to go in this time. He's on the ballot. Yeah, maybe he's, so. He's probably going to go in. Um, I, I wonder how many votes Alex Rodriguez is going to get. Probably not very many. Because if, if Alex Rodriguez goes in or a Manny Ramirez were ever to go in, then you'd have to go, where's Roger Clemens on this list? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how about Carlos Beltran? Does he have a chance? I don't think so. I, I think I think there's just too much there with him. Uh, with the, the, with the, the sign stealing, the sign stealing, mm-hmm. you know, both in New York and in Houston. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I don't think he's well respected. Uh, what about Todd Helton? Man, I loved Todd Helton. Loved that swing. Okay, does he have a chance? I feel like he's a Hall of Very Good though. Yeah, maybe so. And do you feel the same way about Gary Sheffield, or is he a Hall of Famer? Hey, he's a cheater. Okay, he's a cheater. <laughs> okay, he's, he's but, right. He's right he's there with a steroid his, guy. He's right there with his uncle. Then. Yeah, he's yeah. Not, yeah. he's in that conversation though. If you're going to let the steroid guys in, he mm-hmm. needs to be let in. How about what, Billy? How about Billy what, Wagner? What's, what, what, did, what was Doc Gooden cheating with? 
He's just taking illegal drugs. He wasn't a steroid guy. Oh, I was, I was thinking he was uh, Barry Bonds. Uh, no, no, it was. But you're right. It's good. Dwight Gooden. Yeah, Gooden. Um, and and here's the thing: uh, his involvement in Balco and admitted steroid use. Yeah, I mean he's he's not he's not getting in, even though he's a nine time All Star. He's not. He's, he's not getting Again, in. Again, if they start letting the steroid guys in, mm-hmm. which they probably should now, I think they should. Yeah. Um, he deserves to get in on that list. I I almost wonder if the first steroid guy to get in, if he was. I mean, he had two hundred ten. You don't think there's guys in the whole? No, thing no, 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 no. But I mean, I'm just this, this. Uh, no, I, I do, I do think there is. What, but what I was going to say is, to me, the maybe the the first guy of of the of the next wave to get in would be Andy Pettit. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, because at least he, at least he admitted, well, he admitted it. it. Yeah, and, right. At least he admitted it. And when his name came out said yes it was and and this is what we did and this is why we did it and then everybody forgave him he had 256 wins hint hint clue clue mm-hmm. most i think most all-time wins in the postseason or maybe maybe somebody broke that record recently but it's pretty close yeah yeah and uh and five but, world series yeah but i mean the yankees had the advantage of having extra rounds of the postseason now where they didn't back in the old days. Sure. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Good morning with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire and Chuck Hines. We'll have some NBA basketball on the air for you tonight on 100.7 The Score. The Cleveland Cavaliers playing at the Philadelphia 76ers. That'll be at 6 o'clock tonight on 100.7 The Score. We'll have high school hoops this evening for you on Double T 97.3. Friendship Cooper, both the girls and the boys, uh, will play tonight. Uh, so we'll have uh, that broadcast for you at 6. Friendship Girls taking on the Cooper Girls. And then the Friendship Boys meeting the Cooper Boys at uh, 7.30. So the old girl-boy doubleheader tonight on Double T 97.3. Looking forward to it. Should be a great matchup between those two squads. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who... who uh, who has the upper hand in the girls' matchup? Hmm. Hmm. See, last year I thought Cooper was going to win handily against Friendship. Eh, handily. Eight to ten. Mm-hmm. At the Pirate Place. And the uh, Lady Tigers were able to uh, come away with a win. Got an upset victory there. This was at the Tiger Pit tonight, right? And this one tonight's at the Tiger Pit, so... I think I'm going to lean towards friendship. Okay. Does it get loud in that tiger pit? Um, some, sometimes. I mean, are you pretty boisterous from your perch? (laughs) You knew the answer to that before Mm -hmm. you asked it. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I just wanted uh, to hear you say, "Oh gosh, no." (laughs) Yeah, I I love it when friendship and Cooper play in anything, just because it fills the gym, the stadium, whatever. Yes, yes. Whatever. Yes. whatever. I don't care what they're playing. It seems like it's good atmosphere. That's so. what we are just talking about with Tech in Texas or Tech in A&M or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, it feels like those two teams are more evenly matched. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the Puff Fund, their arrogance and their belief that they can get whatever they want, either by hook or crook. 
Uh, somebody else respond, responds to that saying, oh, he responds to himself saying, are all reasons to hate them. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, this, I hate the Texas Horns about as bad as I hated the Cleveland Browns in the late 60s when they were in the NFL Century Division and Cowboys were in the Capital Division of the Eastern Conference. Wow, you are going way back. I don't, I don't remember names for those divisions, but I'll, I'll, I'll bow to you. Uh, Syntex Hank says this agree with Jamie I don't care about any single school I want us to mud stomp them all of them Um, who is Oklahoma State's rival that's who I want ours to be UT refused to meet A&M after the Ags left they sure won't play Tech after this year I agree with that Uh, Raiders dad says this no offense Chuck I don't want you speaking for my lifetime I think mine's got a little more juice Well, I, I don't know Raiders dad I mean you know, my mom's still pretty vibrant at 91, so, you know, I think I, I think I still got some time left. I think you got lots of time yeah, left. Yeah, I don't know that I'm going to make it to 91 on this show, but I mean... Well, I bet still, you'll get closer. I, <laughs> we can't have you she, leaving, man. She, she, she was all in last night, man. She, you know... Well, I called her on my way home from the Lady Raider game. She's like, "I was just getting ready to text you. I was, I was, I was just wondering if we can do, we can, we can do this." And the Chiefs were leading seventeen to seven at the time. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's no problem, Mom. I was wrong on that." Uh, this, uh, Jamie, it's Red Raider football. It will still be a root canal. Don't worry <laughs> about that. Okay. <laughs> we love to hate them. Then somebody says this. I th- honestly think y'all are making way too much about the commissioner's comments. The Longhorns. Didn't need his comments to be, I'll just say, blank. They were going to do that either way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I, I you know, it's, sometimes you have to kind of create a little energy. Um, I just, it, it's not about the Red Raiders. It's a, It's about them. Like the whole us against, us the, world against the world mentality, yeah. mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. they know everybody is rooting against them, mm-hmm. and you know they probably knew it beforehand. But to hear the commissioner say it out loud, yeah. I think was probably a bit of a surprise. Yeah, uh, Red Raiders looking to win two in a row over uh, the Austins since the ninety seven ninety eight season. That's a Spike Dykes team. You won down in Austin. On November 8, 1997, 2410, and then came back the next year and won here in Lubbock in 98, 42 to 35, in front of 50,647. That's crazy. The, I mean, there's only been a couple of times because you did it in 93, 94. I mean, Spike did have that, you know, tendency to win those big games and lose some ones that you didn't really think you should lose to, but um, mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, crazy, crazy to to think that that the the guy that's the one back to back games twice against them ninety three ninety four ninety seven ninety eight was uh, was Spike Dykes who was an assistant coach way back in the day uh, down in Austin. Uh, somebody says this. I hope the Horns go three and eight next year. Right. Well, I hope they go three and nine because they'll play. They'll play. Uh, they'll play twelve games in the SEC. Uh, somebody says this. Texas will take the Silver Spurs for good. God, I hope not. That'd be sad because we have them right now. Yeah, I, th- I also hope that we keep them. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> who do we? 
when the Aggies and Longhorns are playing each other next year in the mm-hmm. SEC, who are we rooting for? Mm-hmm. COVID. Let's That's see. who I'm rooting for in that game. I, I, in, in that particular situation, I would view that as Red China Russia, a Red China Russia game. And I would I would take the, the opinion of whoever it would hurt the most. In other words, if one of them was, was undefeated. Yeah, or, right. Whoever whoever it hurts the most, I would like to see fall. Or if it's a home game for one versus a home game for the other. But generally speaking, whoever it hurts the most. It's kind of how I would I would that's kind of the approach that I might take on that. I think the majority of the time I'll be rooting for the Longhorns. Okay. Yeah. Against the Aggies. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, well. It, do you do you think do you think once this game is played on on Friday that that that's the last time that it'll be played in your lifetime because you you have a maybe potentially longer lifespan than me because you're younger than me. Um, I you know I first off I don't lose much sleep over it. Okay. Uh, I think there are plenty of teams out there that I love for the Red Raiders to play against mm-hmm. and. I get excited for, and um, if we don't ever play the Longhorns again, it's it's not going to break my heart. Uh, I think we'll play them again in basketball and and in, in, in baseball, baseball in the regular season. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. You guess so that you don't think that we'll play them? Yeah, I guess we won't play them again. Yeah, I, don't. I just don't think we'll play them again. I don't think it will be the same situation like it feels like it is with A and M though. A&M will not play Texas Tech unless we are playing in the bowl championship series at the end where it's lined up because of that's where seeding is. If Tech and A&M ever get lined up in a bowl game, A&M's going to have the SEC pull them out of it and put some put somebody else in there. Hmm. We've seen that. I don't feel like Texas would do that. I feel like Texas would be like, oh, cool, we're playing Texas Tech this week in this bowl game or whatever it is. I, d- I don't feel like... That's the same situation. And I think your chances of playing Texas are greater than playing AM in the future. We get this. Um, my bunch of stars, hate, has always lied with TU. I always rooted for the Aggies in that game. One. Got, got that down, one. Uh, this will never cheer for Texas. And then get this, Aggies. Yeah, seems like All right, I'm too going much against Aggie the, love. Stop it. Seems like I'm going <laughs> against the grain here. We're covered. No more Aggie love. We're we're good. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, Stop it. It's okay to sim, swim with the salmon every once in a while, Jamie. Okay. Go 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 upstream. Seven twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Jamie's got a question for us. That'll be next here this morning on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T ninety. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety-seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T ninety-seven three. Okay, I want to go back to our conversation we had a little bit earlier about. Should we have one dedicated rival that we play every year in football? Mm-hmm. And so the question is, who is that team? If you were picking one, who would it be? 
Um, part of my reasoning for saying I, I don't feel like it has to be one is that I think that's hard to choose. I think they're, you know, any of the three Big 12 Texas schools and Oklahoma State, especially those four in the mix, would all mm-hmm. kind of fit into the category for me. Mm-hmm. So if you're picking just one, who's the one? Um, for, and, for, and, and part of my thinking is that it would be difficult for the Big 12 to... I mean, obviously, if you're talking Kansas or Kansas State, okay, we know who that is, right? Sure. Simple. Mm-hmm. That's simple, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's harder for the for the rest of the schools, and that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, and I and I, I think uh, I think TC, TCU and Baylor, just because of their of their proximity, um, you know, the closeness between the between the two. Um, I think uh, Cincinnati and and West Virginia are are natural rivals. Um, you know, Iowa State may have a similar uh, challenge uh, to us in that regard. But I, I would I would say for for me, who I would like you to to see you play every year, I'd like to see you play Oklahoma State every year, home and away in football. I'd like to see you play Oklahoma State every year in uh, basketball, home and away. Both on the men's and women's side, and baseball, home and away. Okay, you you're not going to play them home and away in football. I know, but I mean, but I meant every other year. Okay, but okay. I mean, all right. Yeah, I don't mean like twice. You're going to. Well, you said the same thing for basketball. Okay, okay, basketball. You will play them home and away, away. right? But yeah. I meant, but I meant home or away. Home, home or away. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Home or away. Yeah. 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 Home or away. That's who I'd like to, you to see you play every every year in football. Chuck makes a, a really good point with regards to Baylor and TCU, how close those two schools are location-wise for natural arrival. And he, which would lead me to put Houston because of the this, it's got to be a state, in-state rivalry. That That's when they get juicy because it, it's not just – if you live in Texas and, and Texas is playing Oklahoma, you lean toward Texas because that's where you live. And and Oklahoma sucks, like that's why Texas doesn't fall off in the Gulf of Mexico. I've heard um, that rumor. <laughs> you know, it's there. There's that kind of mindset that goes when it when it's between two different states. Mm-hmm. That it's my state versus your state, which is where I also don't want it to necessarily be Oklahoma State, because I feel like it would be trying to create what you had with Texas and Oklahoma in the Big Twelve, and I kind of want something new. I get that's what it could be that it could be the big rivalry of the two, and and a a ver- but I would always feel like it's version two that it's not the original, that you're you're trying to make a copy of something in in that specific game. Of all the other teams in the Big Twelve, I it, I hate to say Houston, but that's the one that fits. I don't think of the I, we would be the Texas to their Texas Tech in this where I don't think it's a rivalry. But that would be the game taking away the Baylor and the TCU aspect of it that I I have to point to. I mean, if you're talking proximity, I mean, that's eight hours away. The proximity for Baylor and TCU makes that one a no-brainer. I get it why they did that. I mean, why can't... Why can't... Why can't Baylor play Houston? Yeah, I mean... I that's, would, that's not what they chose. That's... Two hours and yeah. fifty-two minutes away. You go play Houston. 
We'll take TCU. Well, you didn't say I could fix everything. <laughs> and, and you know what? I would be fine with TCU. I, you, you just asked me for my opinion. I no. my, my backup would be TCU. Yeah, no, I, I think you guys are both making sense on some of what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> I would choose TCU. Would uh, I, I would not be my number one? No, no question, and nobody else is even close. Um, but with what Chuck is saying, which I think is making sense, with the fact that if you're just gonna couple TCU and and Baylor together, uh, then then you get into the boat of okay. I do feel like Oklahoma State's a better option for Tech, um, just because I feel like they're similar schools, so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know some of the reasons why. Um, they, I feel like that fits um, for the for the Red Raiders. I don't feel like Houston does. So who's Houston's rival? I mean, who are they? Are they with Iowa State, Chuck? Well, we've just allowed them to be in the Big Twelve. I mean, it's like they're. I it, I hope that we haven't awakened a quote sleeping giant with Houston. I don't think we have because to a degree we did with TCU, but you could also make a case that TCU was, was they were already was, awake. They were already awake and they were already pretty good. I mean, they were mm-hmm. good in baseball. They were good uh, in in football, no matter what league they played, and even in some leagues that they didn't even play a game in. Um, and and they were oh I I always felt like TCU could be a and should be a great basketball school given the talent that's in the Dallas Fort Worth area that they they should be better than they have been yeah but don't you feel like this is factored into the Big 12's decision not to have that one for everybody right is because not everybody has one that makes sense I guess yeah but there there are some schools that are going to play each other every every year in every sport Mm -hmm. um I, I just it, it it just goes back. I mean, it just goes back to I hate what's happened with all these conferences, with all the breakups and you know all the the, the mismatches and things like that. Um, I mean, let, let's face it. The only way that some of these rivalries that have been broken up, whether it's Tech Texas or Tech A and M or um, somebody along those lines, Kansas Missouri, uh, they're going to play this year in basketball. But it's 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 going to be a money game. I mean, if 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 the but that's TV, what all this is about in sure, the first abso- place. Absolutely. No, there's no question. If yeah. somebody does, if somebody in television decides, hey, Tech and Texas or Tech and A&M is worth X number of millions of dollars to each school, then they're going to go, yeah, we're playing that game. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, this came down to at a certain point, the athletic directors across the country said, well, the te- television networks are saying we'll make more money if we do this. Mm-hmm. So the athletic directors across the country no said doubt. we don't care about these rivalries anymore. We care about money. There, there's no, there's no question. I mean, yeah. and it, I'm not it, I'm trying not, to tell you I'm being critical of that, but that's the truth of it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. The ADs said eh, we don't care about the rivalries. We care about money. Yeah, and and so you can't just blame it on the TV guys because the schools have all been a party to this. Yes, absolutely. The schools have all been a party to this. It's not just television that's caused this breakup. The schools allowed this to happen. And, and where does TV get their money? From fans watching the advertising. The there's, fans are part no, of this. There's too. no question. Yeah. We were watching those other games. Well, nobody's going to refuse to watch. It. It's just, it's all so unfortunate at the end of the day. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Thanks for being with us. We got to tell me I'm right or tell me I'm wrong. Jeff McGuire's got the uh, got the facts on that. I 
facts is really opinion. A, a How about that? Opinion of what this is. Opinion definitely is where this okay. this goes. Um, we've seen a lot from tech fans over the years of uh, this team needs to to focus more and 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 gear up for this game because this is important. It's not enough where we've gotten, and, and this year's no exception. With the the win last week over UCF, we've seen it today on the chat line. We saw it yesterday on the chat line that you know this team can't think that it's enough to be you know six and five at this point. Mm-hmm. That they've got to win this week, and we've seen in the past about other games throughout the course of the season that uh, of other seasons where the the chat line or the fan base on Twitter or whatever it is reiterating that. This is an important game, being against Texas or whoever that week's opponent was. I don't feel like in the last six years, five years, probably, five would probably be a better example of this, Mm -hmm. that that's needed to be said. It continues to be said. But I have not questioned the team's effort Ability, difference, effort in going into these games for a while. The, I don't think this team isn't looking at Texas as an important game. I don't think they looked at UCF as not an important game. Or Kansas, or Iowa State, or Baylor, or BYU, or Wyoming when they got there and played. They might not have executed. They might not have had the talent on the field to win but I don't feel like we've seen a give up game in quite some time around here. When do you think the last time you saw a give up game was? Wycliffe. A couple Iowa State games really come to mind. I don't know when the last one was that the the team just, I felt like, got down and didn't ever get back up off the mat. Were you here for the Matt Wells era? Well, I, I, I... Never felt like they gave up. I felt like they didn't have the talent. They, they didn't have the execution. Show up? Show up, yeah. <laughs> Second half of the K-State game, we're still looking for them to come out of the locker room. That was more ex- I, It was different in the Cliff era that it felt like... I, I, maybe it's just me, and that's why you get to tell me I'm wrong. Um, I don't feel like that's needed to be said, and it continues to be said. Well, okay, that so- The team... Needs to be told how important this game is. I think they're aware, and I don't feel like that needs to be said about any game you've played for a while. I feel like you've come out flat a few times. Um, I don't know if that has to do with the team not being ready or whatever. I mean, I, I, I think we can look back to Baylor last year as one where it felt like that was the only time where... You were overwhelmed. Maybe. Yeah, he just didn't come out, you know. Um, you know, at times this year your offense has, has been a little bit rough early on in games, but your defense has always been right there keeping you in the games. So you can't say, well, this team didn't show up. You can say, well, the offense hasn't really put together a terrific performance, but your defense was, was there. Um, I think but have you ever felt like the offense wasn't trying? 
I think they were trying and just failing. Hmm. And, and that's the difference. Yeah, I don't ever remember. That's, I don't know. That's that, so subjective. Uh, trying? <laughs> like, like, like you're telling, right? You're trying to tell me that you were watching Texas Tech play football when Cliff Kingsbury was was the head coach, and you felt like guys were out there not trying. Yes. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not going there. There's no way. No way for me. Yeah, I, I, I can't send off on that. I I'm going to tell you you're wrong on that. I, I think they've all come out trying to win. Well, I don't think anybody's laying I, down and saying, Olay. But I think Coach McGuire has done a better job with his guys being extremely motivated. Okay? I, I, and, and whether that's because <clears throat> they feel they have more to play for whether that's because they take more pride in the program, whether that's because maybe the players during this era have more respect for the head coach and they want to play hard for him. I think all of those things could factor into it. So I, I kind of agree with what Jeff's saying that, that it, this, you know, um, you know, you don't have to tell the team this is an important game and this is not an important game. They, they play hard. I just didn't, I can't. I, I can get behind, you know, well, we didn't look as motivated as we have been for other games or, you know, it just didn't look like we played as hard. But I, I can't I can't get behind we weren't trying. I can't get behind that. So I, your first part of it, you're right. That little addition to it, I, I, I'm saying you're wrong. Yeah, I think I think uh, I would even go back to the Sonny Cumba, Sonny, Sonny Cumbie portion of um you know the 2021 year where it felt like that there was a lot of effort given that they clawed and scrapped and found a way to get themselves bowl eligible and i, I think i think guys were having fun playing mm -hmm. for coach Cumbie compared mm -hmm. to what it well was with coach wells it just felt different felt different and 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 coach mcguire after the after the game on saturday he cited uh the leadership of of his players um, and helping keep the locker room together and helping keep the message um, going forward of, of basically not giving up and you still have a lot to play for. And that doesn't just happen overnight. That that culture is created uh, by the coaching staff in, in the off season and, you know, in the, and during fall camp. And then so that when times do get tough, that you can kind of rally together and band together. You can't, you can't have those conversations or can't expect that kind of response when the times get tough tough i mean you have to be prepared for that going in and you know he cited jalen hutchings and tony bank uh, tony bradford and uh, and and gino garcia and he brought his name up as well and he pointed to where these guys sit in that spike dykes meeting room and he's like gino garcia's over here and jalen hutchings here and tony bradford's here and they have these they have these conversations in the locker room with the players and he he cited that keeping the 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 message of what they're trying to communicate and uh, together is helping them get through the the rough patch so to speak of the season you know when when they weren't as healthy so anyway I I, I think I think you're right I think the last couple of years they have fought and played hard and came out and given given their all um, I don't think anybody's laid downs per se I think it's a different demeanor uh, with Coach McGuire versus Coach Kingsbury I mean it's just it was, it's a different approach. Sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. And what, what do we know about great coaches? Great players make great coaches. You have a puzzled look on your face. It's usually the opposite. 
great players don't make great coaches. No, I think they do. I think they do. There's not a lot of great coaches who don't have great players playing for them. Oh, I was thinking of the same individual be from a great player to becoming a great coach. No, no, no. I stand corrected. Yes, yeah. great players may in that yeah. regard, yes. Yeah. Right. Usually it's the mediocre player that becomes the great coach because he had to learn how to do all the things and yeah. And, yeah. and try all the things. To, no, I to think lead. sometimes great players don't make – I think I think that's history has, has said that. that. Just because you were a great player doesn't necessarily make you a great coach. You can be. It doesn't necessarily make it them. Uh, we get this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Greetings from Buenos Aires. Hey, greetings to you. Thanks for uh, thanks for dialing us in this morning on the Morning Drive. This has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.